So uh, I'm here today with Bram Berkowitz. I became familiar, Bram, with your work from a post that you wrote on the site Medium. And it's called How the Average Person Can Make a Lot of Money Investing in Mutual Savings Banks. So we're here today to talk about that. Do you remember that article? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's, uh, I think it's a little while ago now. But yeah, do uh, people do seem to, to find it on, uh, on Medium. Yeah, it started making the rounds in uh, you know the the community. I, I'd say that we're a part of here on this Milenomics podcast network. It, it's called you know, kind of the points and miles crowd. And you seem to write from the perspective of people that are interacting with banks in other ways. You know, just investing in them head on, or like the the article described, a way of positioning yourself for bonuses. That's really my 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 key interest here today. So, what, what's your background? How did you get into looking at this sector of the you know the economy? The 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 stock market. The, you seem to be specifically interested in banking. Uh, yeah, so I uh, came up with a traditional uh, journalism background. Uh, was covering uh, local news uh, in Massachusetts, uh, and then I got a job at a uh, more of a trade publication in Massachusetts called Banker and Tradesman. Um, it was covering um, uh, banking and real estate, and I was specifically covering uh, the banking uh, the banking scene, mostly the the small banks, because Massachusetts is a really heavily bank state with a lot of uh, a lot of smaller banks headquartered here. Um, so that's kind of how I started learning about uh, banks, actually how they work, and then more specifically uh, mutual savings banks. Absolutely. So that feeds into the the main topic here, and that is opening a checking accounts or savings accounts at these small mutual savings banks because there tends to be uh, you know according to what you've said here and I've experienced recently uh, a pattern that that occurs at the, where you, if you're positioned with bank accounts you have the ability to invest in the bank before it goes public and then once it goes public maybe reap some further rewards so maybe walk through that the elevator pitch of uh, the, uh, the basically the upshot of that article yeah um i think uh patterns uh maybe a little bit of a strong word but in the sense of what you were talking about uh Yes, if you so uh, a mutual savings bank just to start at the basics is a it's a unique corporate structure and there are no private shareholders. It's not public. It's owned in effect by its depositors. Um, you know, it could be um, just any any average Joe who opens up uh, you know some kind of uh, checking account or a savings account or money market account. Um, and if you happen to be banking at one of these small mutual banks that are owned by the depositors. When this bank decides to go public, you know, do an IPO, uh, join an exchange, because the depositors are owners, you actually get to participate in the IPO. Which, if you have any, um, you know, experience in retail investing, it's it's pretty rare for an average retail investor to get to participate in an IPO and really get shares at the, uh, you know, at the bargain price. That's, it worked out well for me uh, with Eastern Savings Bank recently. So, uh, or, no, uh, I no, bet uh, with an Eastern. <laughs> Eastern Bank Shares is the name of the, the public company. EBC is the ticker. You know, I read that article from you back in December. I came, maybe became aware of it sometime, uh, you know, shortly after that. And I happened to have shares at EBC. And, uh, you know, it all went exactly according to what you wrote in that article. So it was, it was really useful. Um, and I had a little bit of trepidation in going in for it. I mean, there was you know, should the how, how do you value a bank when it doesn't all, all it has is assets? How do you really know, uh, you know, whether it's going to be a sure thing? And and you had some more uh, maybe guidance in there on there being a second wave of opportunity, not just the the split between what you pay for it in, in its initial offering and what it you know closes at the first day, basically. And there tends to be a, a pattern over the, the the next couple of years that has occurred with other banks in a similar position. You want to tell us about that? 
Well, a lot of these mutual banks are, are really small. Um, some are less than a billion in assets, which if you're a bank under a billion in assets today, it's really hard to operate. Operate. It's a, it's a tough environment with regulation and the need to invest in technology. Um, it's hard to be very, very efficient. Um, so, so when these mutual banks, they, they go public, um, there is typically almost always a, like a three-year you know, kind of holding period that regulators, they, don't, they won't allow the bank to get acquired for three years. So a lot of these small mutuals, they issue shares at a very low low price, um, you know, far below tangible book value. Um, there's a pretty big, pretty nice pop on day one. You know, at least you'll see. I think 20% is is pretty standard. Um, and then you know, they'll you know, typically they're pretty safe institutions. They'll if it's if it's a decent one that's profitable, um, they'll creep up a little bit. And then after three years, they three to five years, they tend to get bought at a nice premium. So. You know, you can see a, a nice day one pop. Um, usually, if the bank's good and it's a good good market, it, it'll keep going up, and then and then another premium. So they can turn into you know really good um, returns. Um, but what I'll say is, Eastern is Eastern Bank is a little bit different uh, on this trajectory because it's um, it's a much bigger bank, and and you know I can I can go into that. But that's kind of the you know for these smaller mutuals, and, and many of them are small. We'll we'll kind of go with that pattern. Okay. Well, it's been a great run so far. I, I have to say I was a little disappointed with the first day pop being only 20%. I, for whatever reason, thought it would be a little bit more than that. But the stock has run up from uh, an initial price of 10 to 12 at the end of the first day or so. And it's it's here at 14 now, just a few weeks later. So I think the, the broader market has done well, and that's maybe fortuitous timing. But I, I'm in it for that three-year period, at least. Uh, you, you recommend it against selling immediately and you know some of the 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 companies that manage these things don't like that like what what are the chances that the same company that wouldn't like that would manage another mutual bank ipo like is there a really small network of the the the, the types of what are they, what do you even call them the the people who who oversee the doling out of these shares do, do you think it really is a, a concern to sell out on the first day you know, I've heard. Um, I guess like the you know the the underwriters that run these might you know if they if they saw you doing it maybe and you're like a big you know you're like a big shareholder that's actually like you know valuable to the to the market cap maybe they would like blacklist you. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend ever selling out on day one because you're just missing out on so much growth. I mean, like I said, there's there's a pretty good playbook on a lot of these things. And they tend to they tend to rise. Not all of them, but they tend to rise. And Eastern specifically, um, just kind of getting back, Eastern's very unique because it's it's big for a mutual bank. Like it has fourteen mm-hmm. billion in assets. Um, so the chances of it getting bought after three years are I don't know, maybe you never know. But I think right now Eastern is a bank that's going to be that is going to be thinking about buying other banks. Um, so it could you know, but I. It's going to be growing as a stock more so than than looking for the acquisition. I think right now, but um, you know, it's it's definitely there's definitely a lot of opportunity there because being a bigger bank, it has more scale and it's just a better run bank than most mutuals. Okay, yeah, uh, Massachusetts is such an interesting market. You know, uh, we haven't had Chase branches here until just recently. City used to be here. Now they're not anymore. Webster Bank took those over. So it's a really interesting dynamic, I, I would think, for a, a large national bank that wants to expand, whether they do that organically like Chase did, or they try to do so through acquisition the way maybe, I don't know, Citizen Sovereign, Santander. All, yeah, it's kind of a weird pattern. I can't, I, I can't see a pattern is what I, I could say. What, what, do you, what, what do you think about that? I mean, Eastern too big to be acquired, maybe, but 
what's the general pattern and trend in the region for uh, acquisition versus organic growth? Well, you know, Eastern's not too big to be acquired. It could definitely be acquired. It's it's more of that, you know, banks, they're not typically, when a bank gets bought, it's typically because the bank wants to sell itself. So, you know, more than than likely Eastern would have to kind of say like, you know, we want to sell. So, you know, maybe maybe in three years, you see how things go and, and maybe they feel that way. And maybe there's a bigger bank that wants to to get into to, to Massachusetts. It's a, you know, it's a very wealthy and valuable banking market. Um, so you could see it. But yeah, I mean, banks have different strategies. Some like to grow organically and put up a bunch of uh, new branches, uh, you know, they can they can bring in deposits. So there's digital strategies that they can do that now. And some, you know, grow through acquisition because they, they see it as easier. You know, if you look at a bank that is one of Eastern's competitors, uh, Rockland Trust or uh, Independent uh, Bank Corp uh, stock, they do like an acquisition every two years. You know, they they in Massachusetts in market they they buy a new bank and they're they're really good at it and they know how to do it and they've they've grown their share price tremendously. I mean, and they were at I think before the pandemic hit, they were they hit ninety dollars per share, um, which is you know it's it's pretty it's it's very very good. So they they had kind of gotten that formula down. Um, but yeah, there's different there's different approaches. There's no there's no one way to do it. Well, it's a perfect segue to my next question, and I probably what's on everyone's mind if they like what they've heard so far, and that's how to identify future candidate banks for this. Uh, you know, in our in our space, the points and mile space, we're opening bank accounts often for uh, welcome bonuses. You know, I think Webster's been very aggressive in that. You know, you can open a checking account and then maybe a business one as well and get seven hundred and fifty dollars with some pretty manageable requirements and things like that. So that's a, the kind of wins that we we look for. But you know, if, with stocks, you can uh, have much bigger wins. So what are some? You know, how would where would Eastern Bank have lined up on a list? You know, if I, if I, do I just Google Mutual Banks Massachusetts to see what the opportunities are? You know, I know there's restrictions geographically on, on whether you, you can sign up for a lot of these, so you can't just cast a net over the entire country. So it usually is a regional play. How would you recommend people come up with a list of candidate banks if they want a position for these? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple a couple ways you can do it. About it. I mean, obviously, the biggest gain you're going to get is if you happen to be a depositor when one of these things goes public. But that's also, you know, it's it's tough because it's unpredictable. Like I know when Eastern went public, I did not see that one coming. I spoke to some other people I know in the space. They did not see it coming. It was kind of a surprise to the industry. So there's not a great predictor of which ones are going to go public. Um, but, you know, a strategy that, you know, I kind of have been doing and, and some people, a lot of people do if you're in this is you kind of got to open up a lot of bank accounts. Um, so you that. might want to open up. Yeah, you might want to open up like 10, 10 to fifteen. There's, you know, you can find a list of mutual, mutual banks on the uh, on the FDIC website. If you do a little research, they're they're out there. Not um not super prevalent, but you, you'll definitely find if you put a little um research in. Um, you open up. I would try to open up as many as you can, and then you know that kind of decreases or, or it increases the chance that you'll you'll hit on on one that goes public. Um, if you're in Massachusetts, that's the best market you could be in because about 20% of the mutuals left in the country are here. Um, so it's easier to open it when you're geographically closer. But um, there are banks that will let you know anyone from around the country open. You might have to put in a higher deposit amount. Um, you know, whereas if you're close, you can you can probably get away with doing you know like 50, 100 bucks in a savings account. Um, so that's one way to do it. You know, look at the um, you know, open a bunch of bank accounts, hope they go public. But I also wouldn't, wouldn't stray from just following the converted mutuals and buying the stock as soon as it comes out. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I did with Eastern. I didn't have an account, um, but I purchased stock, you know, kind of right 
very close to the beginning. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not enjoying the same bump you are, but I'm still pretty happy with where it is. And I'm pretty happy with where I think it can go in the future. Um, so these, these mutuals, cause they're always priced. Every single one is going to, almost every single one is going to be priced at $10 a share. They're almost always going to be priced pretty significantly below tangible book value or book value, even in a, uh, a good economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you're going to have upside, even if you just follow the ones that converted. Well, you said about 20% of the banks are in Ma- the mutual banks in Massachusetts. Is this a regional play? Would you say, say, if I got a, a subscriber, a friend in Southern California, we have people all over the country. Are there kind of dead zones for this? I know you could, you're saying you could open some banks allow you to open it anywhere. Uh, is this a kind of a, a, a remnant of uh, stodgy old Massachusetts and things changing very slowly here? Or are there plays all over the country? Um, no, they're in a bunch of states. There's, they're very, it's, you know, the opportunity is kind of waning. There's only about like 500 left in the country. Um, and there's not like new ones. Uh, there's not really new ones opening, although I guess some credit unions can, can kind of convert to these if, if they want to. But, um, so yeah, Massachusetts is a great market. Other good markets are like Ohio. Um, New England has a bunch. I mean, there's, there's other states, but again, you know, a lot of these banks with how digital things are, it's not like you always have to be in a state. You just kind of got to try the bank and see what their appetite is. Like I've tried some and, you know, it's really easy to get in and I've tried others and it's like they have a really high threshold. You have to either open like a thousand dollar CD or, um, you know, they just won't let you in because you're not in the geography. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, you got to put in a little legwork and and try it, but you'll, you'll find some that let you in and um, you'll also find uh, others that won't. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just try to do as much as you can. All right. So what characteristics should people be looking for if they're trying to find the next banks they're going to follow this this trend? Okay. Yeah. So there's no, you know, I mean, it can happen anytime. There's no rhyme or reason, which is why I do recommend the the, the 10 to 15, you know, strategy and investing a, a little bit of money because, you know, if one hits, you're going to, you're going to make all that back basically. Um, but one thing you can look at is you can look at the board of directors or you can look at senior management. Um, a lot of times, the board of directors and and the the managers at the bank they'll be looking you know this is kind of like this could be like their retirement you know they're gonna they're gonna buy they're gonna get their dibs at the shares and this can be a nice kind of kind of way to segment into retirement so if you look at a board of directors and you see a lot of members in their you know 60s 70s um, that could be a good hint and then you know also look directly at the management team um, if you see a CEO or like a you know or a, a C-suite that's composed of a bunch of bankers that have, you know, experience on at public banks, you know, that might be an indicator as well, because, you know, you got to think why is, you know, why is this, this guy from, from TD bank or citizens bank, you know, this big publicly traded bank coming into all of a sudden run this small um, community, private community bank. Um, Whereas, you know, if you see a management team composed of like, you know, 30 to 40 year lifers in the community banking space, you know, that may not be, um, that's just what they've done forever. So, you know, they're not, it's, there's not a ton of hints, but those are the two that I would, I would focus on. I like it. I think that's a great review for today. And I appreciate your time hopping on and chatting with me. Uh, where can people learn more about this and where can they find your writing? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can, um, I do some, some writing about them on, on, on Motley Fool. Um, and then, uh, there is, you know, various, various resources. I would just look up like Google, Google mutual banks. There's a site called like mutual banks of America that has some good stuff. There's a site about uh, bankinvestor.com. Um, there's a few books. Um, so again, I'll, I'll say this isn't like a heavily covered space. It's getting kind of more, more mainstream. Um, but 
you know, a little research on Google, you'll find some sites. You can you can find me at Molly Fool. And uh, on Twitter, right? And on Twitter, yeah, Bram Burko. So B-R-A-M-B-E-R-K-O. I love it. Bram, thanks for the time and thanks for the information. It was great chatting with you. I hope to have you back in the future for the, the next one of these. Yeah, absolutely, Robert. Thanks again. Catch you later.